You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Good morning, church family. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I am really excited to have uh, an awesome friend of mine and a great partner to our church uh, on the the podcast this morning. Um, We've got Ken Thronson, who is the founder and director of Lighthouse Rescue Mission. Um, and Ken is has got an awesome testimony that he uh, would like to share with us as a church family. And I really believe that it will encourage you, um, encourage you this week uh, to really uh, grow in the Lord and see from a different perspective. So before I continue on any farther, um, Ken, welcome. And I'll just turn the mic right over to you so you can share with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is, uh, something he didn't tell you. This is our second recording. We lost, we lost power. We we lost the recording. So, uh, and I was telling, uh, uh, Rick earlier uh, today, I had a hard time getting on Skype. It wouldn't let me access my account no matter how many times I tried. And, uh, but I was persistent and, and, and praise the Lord, we were able to connect. Uh Um, like Rick said, we, God laid on my heart to go in a little different direction instead of, uh, just primarily talking about Lighthouse, God, uh, at uh, 12.50 this morning, kind of laid on my heart to go a little different direction. So I was up for a number of hours this morning praying about this and, and making some notes. And, um, you know, we're we're in some uh, not uncharted territory as far as world history, uh, but as far as for our generations, um, we are, uh, this is all new for us. So mm-hmm. we're learning how to social distance and we're learning, uh, different ways to communicate and, and interact and, and, um, and, and that's slowly becoming a norm, uh, mm-hmm. for us now. And, um, it's things that I didn't see as a kid. Uh, but, uh, like I said, history, uh, history tends to repeat itself, uh, but uh, so saying that, God, God kind of led me in a different direction. And uh, I always like titling uh, little messages or devotions I do to kind of yeah. uh, where you know what direction I'm coming from. And, and you know, sometimes I get off on chasing rabbits. But if you, if you know the title, you're, you can kind of tie in my little rabbit chasing stories uh, uh, to the message. And, That's uh, right. <laughs> And, and my, my prayer is that, um, you know, that this will be a blessing and an encouragement uh, to you guys uh, uh, to know that, you know, God is, God is involved in every part of our life and every being of our, uh, uh, every aspect of our life. So, mm. so I titled the message, But God, Looking at People Through God's Eyes. And uh, so the story of is of a homeless man that I met in Seattle, Washington. Uh, so let me set the scene. Uh, I'm in Seattle, Washington for a homeless convention. Mm-hmm. And after the convention, uh, they had set up an opportunity for the participants of the convention to uh, tour Blake Island and uh, take in the sites of the Tullican Village uh, along with a dinner theater that the uh, Northwestern uh, Coastal Indians uh, enacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, real neat place, beautiful island. 
we we got to sample salmon the way the Indians uh, have smoked it for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, we got to take in, like I said, this dinner theater where they had a depiction of creation that was so incredibly close to uh, our copy of God's Word. Mm. You know, a lot of times we wonder, well, what about these people in Africa and what about these people uh, in these different parts of the country that's never heard God's Word? You know, evidently somehow God got his message to these Indians. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And and. And I thought that was so encouraging for me, and that's that was just a little side note. Uh, but um, so we're, we're we're getting ready to go to this dinner theater, and I was with two other guys, and we left the hotel early um, to catch the ferry, and because we wanted to kind of take in some of the sights uh, down mm-hmm. around the boardwalk, and um, as we're Approaching the boardwalk, there was this park that we came upon, and um, and we saw this homeless man sitting there in this park. Now, this park was probably at least a hundred years old, at least that this old wow. man was sitting, this old homeless man, and the park overlooked Puget Sound mm-hmm. with a view of Mount Rainier and the Olympic Mountains in the background. Wow. It's absolutely breathtaking, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So as we approach the park, I notice this this old homeless man sitting on a park bench rolling a cigarette. And from a distance, I started to take his picture, what I thought was that perfect picture with that perfect setting. Here's my first but God. But God stopped me. I love seeing those words in the Bible, but God. And they're in there, Mm -hmm. I think, 31 times. But God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and something that that jumped out at me early this morning was, you know, God does not only redeem us for himself, but he also redeems our story for himself. Mm. I want to say that again because I think it's important. A lot of times we go through stuff and we think, how can God use us? How can God love us? But God did not just redeem you for himself. I'm going to change us to you. Mm -hmm. But he also redeemed your story for himself. So, but God stopped me and laid upon my heart to not take a picture of this man before I ask him permission. Mm-hmm. So I approached the man and I asked him if I could take his picture. And this old man with his scruffly beard was just sitting there hand rolling a cigarette, looking down. And he, he never looked up as he uttered the words to me, it will cost you. Little did I know that these four words were just the start of a change in my thinking of how I looked at others. Hmm. But God. So I told this man, I said, I've got a dollar. And it was true. I, I didn't have any cash on me to speak of. And uh, I told the guy, I said, I've got a dollar. And again, never looked up. He just said, that's not going to get it. 
And so I, I thank him for his time, and mm-hmm. and I apologize if I inconvenienced him in any way, and and didn't mean to bother him in any way. And he said, "Oh, no problem." So me and the other two guys that I was with, we we walk on down the boardwalk, and again we're waiting to catch the ferry. And we're, while we're waiting, we're going into different little shops that are along the boardwalk. And we go into this one, which was a curiosity shop that had some really odd and unique items in it. I mean, there was stuffed, there were mummy, mummified uh, animals. There was even a mummified body in there. There were stuffed animals in there. There was all kind of just crazy <laughs> things in this. Shop. And um, the building had glass on three sides, if I remember correctly, but I do remember the front and the back being all glass that overlooked Puget Sound and then overlooked the boardwalk. So as I looked up around it, a, a, a counter, and I looked up, and I saw this man walking by. So I told the two guys I was with, I said, I'm going to go catch up with this guy and talk to him. Um, so um, I run out the door, and I run on down the boardwalk, and I catch up with him. And we talked anywhere from 45 to 55 minutes out there on that boardwalk, mm. just standing there talking. During that time, the two guys that I was with had walked on past me. And they were waiting on further down on the boardwalk for me. And in that 45 to 55 minutes spent with this guy, I learned his name, which was Al. Uh, I learned his life story. I learned where he was originally from. I learned how he ended up homeless. Mm-hmm. I learned how he ended up in Seattle. And the coolest thing is I learned that he was a child of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had a strong testimony of when he was 13 years old and got saved. Al was originally from New Orleans and grew up there as a child, uh, was in construction. Construction took him to Seattle. There was a big boom in, in Seattle, and, and so he followed the work. And one day he was working on a high-rise building and, and failed and hit a beam with his head, and it made him legally blind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in, in, in these, you know, less than an hour, I learned so much about this man yeah. and learned about his situation. And, you know, originally I was sitting back looking at him and, and thinking, oh, this is a cool picture and not really taking into account the old man on the bench. And, yeah. And he had been through in the life that he had lived. And, you know, we've all got stories. And again, I go back to God didn't only redeem you or me, mm-hmm. but he redeemed our stories. And Al had this incredible story that really touched my heart. Mm, yeah. And so after the 45, 55 minutes of talking, uh, I told Al, I said, look, it's time for me to go catch the ferry. We're going over to Blake Island. And uh, as I started to turn and walk away, he stopped me and he said, you can take my picture if you want to. Hmm. You know, it, it wasn't that perfect quote setting, <laughs> you know, but I took his picture and I thanked him. And then I turned around to meet up with the other two guys. Mm-hmm. And when I turned around, I saw him laughing. He 
here's my next, but God. As I was walking toward him, God started dealing with me in my heart mm-hmm. of how I had originally looked at Al. And God spoke to me and he said, Kenneth, that man was not an object for you to take a picture of. But he, being Al, was created in my image and in my likeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God brought to my mind Genesis 126. Let us create man in our image and in our likeness. Mm-hmm. And I began to weep. And it's so amazing. But God, only God can show you these things that are in your heart that are just not pleasing to him. Yeah. Yeah. As I two guys, they asked me with a grin on their face, what did it cost you? And I said, nothing but time. Mm-hmm. And that was another, that was another lesson that, that God taught me right there too was you can't come into people's lives for just split seconds mm-hmm. and tell them how much God loves them and how much you love them. And then they never see you again. Mm-hmm. You got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get involved. And sometimes it's nasty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard. Most of the time it's inconvenient. <laughs> I have found when God sends me people, it's in the most inconvenient time where I am knee deep in whatever I'm doing. Or whatever's going. Hey, God says, here I got somebody for you to minister to. Yeah. And I'm, Lord, I don't have time. You know, I need to get this done. But when I stop and I'm obedient to what God does, and it's such a blessing. Mm. So that was another lesson that God taught me in just a short amount of time. Ken, you are exactly right. And I totally agree with you that the Lord um, often asks us to do something great for him in the moment we feel like, no, like this, I, I've already got enough on my plate. I'm doing this or that. And um, I, from in my life, I found that really being obedient to him um, has the most beautiful results uh, in the midst of that. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, Church family, it's at this moment that we're going to take a pause from this story that Ken's sharing, and we're going to pick this up in a part two episode tomorrow. So stay tuned tomorrow to hear uh, the rest of this story that Ken has to share. Thanks for listening, and I pray that you uh, go out today with missional eyes.